We have an opportunity to set the record straight about a local story that happened it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Nikki did a good job of getting him on the air. I said, we just want to have one goal today and to get this guy on the air. And we have achieved it. Well, we will if he hangs on. His name is Jesse Kinzinger, and he suffers from PTSD, as so many people do in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, he had an episode, and he had the cops called on him after he got into an argument with his mom in the parking lot of the apartment complex where they live. Dude had committed no crime, but... You know, when you have PTSD and you hear sirens coming, you don't always drop like you should and submit to the orders of the police officer. So he took off. In the process, he ended up in the in, in some water where there was an alligator. And Jesse ended up having his arm severed by an alligator. We offered him the opportunity to come on the air with us and tell people what they don't know about this story. Well, he said that he said the media has been twisting his story around, so Nikki was able to tell him that he can set the record straight right here. And that's what we do here. We don't edit anybody. We offer them the opportunity to speak with us live. And here he is to tell us the real deal Holyfield, ladies and gentlemen, Jesse Kinzinger. Jesse, thanks a lot for joining us, man. Appreciate that. No problem, man. It's great to be on here. Absolutely. Now, uh, take us back to the moment when you're you're arguing with your mom about something. You're having a bit of an episode, which, you know, I'm sure with PTSD can happen. Uh, how come somebody called the cops? All right. Um, so my mom and my girlfriend at the time were having an argument, and she, she has mental and PTSD issues also. Because I got shot in 2012 in a home invasion. So I was I ran up on her to try to, like, calm her down and everything, and she tripped and she fell. Mm. And everybody in the apartment complex who saw it thought I pushed her down, so they started running after me. Like six different dudes, so I ran. And I I made it to the woods, so I guess the guys assumed that I pushed my own mother down, mm. and they called the cops. And uh, so I was already having this episode, already having anxiety. So and then I know there's a helicopter above me, and I hear police sirens and everything else going on. So already I'm in the woods, you know. Might as well keep running. Sure. You know, so um, I I ran all the way through the woods to a warehouse uh, to use the phone, and then the guy turned around. The guy was telling the cops where I was, mm. so I turned around and I ran the other way again towards the apartment. Okay, um, I made it through the woods, and I'm on the other side of the lake, looking at my sister's apartment on the other side of the lake. I got you. Right? And then I'm looking down this path, and I see police officers, about five of them, mm. with red dot sights, AR-15s, and like four police canine attack dogs. Oh, my goodness And Christ. I don't know about the rest of Tampa Bay, but the, the cops harass me. I really I get anxious when I see them, when I'm around them, everything. And every time I see the cops, I go to jail, whether I do something wrong or not. Okay. And keep in mind, I have not committed a crime during all this. Right. And for, for them to have police dogs, AR-15s, and a helicopter out, my PTSD was through the roof, killing me. Sure. So as I'm standing there, I see the cops coming. I'm on the other side of the lake. I had to choose literally between swim across the lake to my death or possibly make it to, to where I can talk to the officers without getting attacked by police dogs. Right. You know, so I jumped in, dove in, screw it, you know. 
Right. And I was already out of breath. I have asthma as it is, and I was having an anxiety attack. Mm. So halfway through the water, I stopped. Was, I couldn't swim anymore. I was about to drown. Right. And then I heard whoop, whoop behind me, and I knew all right away the noise. It was a gator. I looked behind me about 20 feet away from me in the water. I seen blue and red reflecting off of the, this alligator's eyes. Oh, jeez. Man, alive. That had to be a scary moment, huh, Jesse? Right. So it was either, uh, so then I had three options. Drown, because I'm already out of breath and can't swim. Right. Get eaten to, to get to death by the alligator. Right. Or wave down the police helicopter and, and get attacked and whatever else. Let's watch the language. Just, to, just to remind you. No, it's okay. You started Michael Phelpsing that stuff, and uh, yeah. and and and. and, and I swam as fast as I could, try to get away from this alligator. I get, I get almost home free. I'm like 15 feet away from the shoreline. Right. Uh, and for some reason, I don't know. The gator grabbed my legs. Just one like little grab like i had teeth marks on both sides of my thighs top and bottom right and like he let go of me and i figured okay that was it that was my warning grab right you know so then after that he let go i was surprised i kept swimming as fast as i could sure and and i what i what i know now is the gator was feeling me out trying to see how big i was oh man so i get 15 feet away from the shore i turn around because i don't know where he's at he had already bit me once in the leg. I turn around, and all I see is 180-degree wide-open white-mouth gator Ooh. right beside me. It, tried, it, like, it went to like, grab me by my, my shoulder and my head and everything, and um, I tried, like swerved it a little bit, and he got my arm oh. about halfway down my forearm. And as soon as he grabbed it, I heard a crunch, and, then, and there's two bones in your forearm. Yes. Radius in the old night. So, yeah, so, <laughs> anyways, uh, so he gets my arm and he breaks the, one of the bones and he starts doing the barrel roll to try to drown oh, this, definitely. whoever, whatever is trying to eat, you know? Yeah. Okay, so I'm already out of breath. I'm already having an anxiety attack. I have asthma. I'm having an asthma attack. I already ran eight miles away from the police because I'm so scared of them. Sure. And I haven't even committed a crime. And so I'm, I'm getting barrel rolled. I'm almost positive that I was about to drown. If if he would have took me under for a second, I would have drowned. What were you? But trying? He just stayed on the top and did the barrel roll. Yep. Uh, set the and, question for Jesse real quick. Uh, Jesse, were you doing? Were you trying to punch the gator? I mean, what was happening when he was trying to bring you yeah, under? Yeah, man. He had that. He, after, well, I was hitting him right. He grabbed me. I was hitting him, hitting him, hitting him. He then boom. He did. He started doing the barrel roll. Once he starts rolling, there's nothing you can do. Oh my God! Yeah, so I'm I'm flopping around, spinning, spinning with him, drowning almost, and then I hear the, my second forearm bone break. Oh! oh. So then it, then it, it's literally half my forearm hanging just by like flesh and arteries and all that. That's hot. So I say screw it. I take I take both my feet and I just double footed kick the gator. It rips my arm off like what was broken. And I crawl myself onto the shore and start screaming for help. My brother-in-law ran up because I, I was swimming towards my sister's apartment. The My brother-in-law jumped over the, the fence, took off his shirt, used it as a tourniquet, and saved my life. 
Oh, my God. Uh, we're speaking with Jesse Kinzinger. He had an episode of PTSD, fled from the cops, and uh, jumped into a lake where an alligator attacked him. That moment, do you replay it in your mind, Jesse, when you looked over and you saw that gator's uh, mouth wide open? Because I'll be honest with you, if oh, I went man. through what you did, I, w- I would see nothing but that. I haven't dreamt about nothing since, except that. Jeez, Did man. they find your arm? They they actually they actually killed and found the gator two days later, hmm. but by then you know it was already digested and they, so they cut it open and they found and then the cops use what it is to to find out what was in the right. the stomach of it and my arm was in there. So are you a Seminoles fan now? I, I've been a Seminoles fan. All right. There we go. Kill those gators. Yeah. Uh, now I saw yeah, yeah. I, I saw something that you said that I can relate to in that I love gators. I've been in Florida since 1978, and I think that we've done a horrible job of encroaching upon their habitat. And you actually felt a little bit guilty that they killed the gator to see if it had your stomach inside, which is kind this, of this. This is how I look at it. I look at it as because I've been in a home invasion. If someone comes to my house, I'd bite their arm off too. Man, what a, what an evolved attitude you have. You know what I mean? But, I do. What I really want to get out there is if I didn't commit a crime and I see these cops and these cops' dogs and they're all coming to get me and I'm a big, literally, I have not committed a crime and I chose to swim to my death instead of dealing with these police because how much they've harassed me. Hmm. Oh, man. Well, uh, there is a GoFundMe set up if you would like to donate uh, to help Jesse get a uh, prosthetic arm. And uh, it is called Prosthetic Arm for Brother-in-Law. I'll tweet it out, but it's GoFundMe.com. You can uh, search by his name, Jesse Kinzinger, or you can uh, go to GoFundMe.com slash 23YGP9CS. No, we'll get the links up on Facebook and yeah. Twitter. You know what I'm learning? Yeah, I, just, I, just, I just want all the listeners to, to – I know they all agree – we should not be afraid if a cop gets behind us as as people of the United States. We should not have anxiety. And they, I, I feel like the cops shouldn't be around unless it's a dangerous, violent situation in my eyes. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, so, Brother Kevin? And I'm saying what I'm learning here is that it's scarier to face the police than an alligator. That's where exactly, Jesse's mind was. That's exactly what I told Daniels Nine. I said, if you air that, those who got words, that I chose to swim to my death than to deal with the cops after not even committing a crime. Mm. I wasn't going to jail. I wasn't, I didn't commit a crime, you know? Right. So for me to choose to swim and take my chances of getting attacked by a 10 foot two gator, Mm. then deal with the, with the police, that's pretty bad. It is. And, and just to take the other side of it, if I'm a cop and I get a call that somebody's pushed his mom down and then he's run from me, I don't know who you are and I don't know if you're a danger to society. So they've got a criminal as far as they know who's on the run. So they've got to try to apprehend you as well. And if you think, if, you, if the people think that if they spotted me and they weren't going to let them dogs go to come get me, three of them, they're crazy. Gotcha. Well, listen, man, you've got a hell of a story, uh, not only surviving a home invasion, but surviving a gator attack that uh, that all, that took your friggin' hand off. Are you, Jesse, are you still forgetting at times, like when you wake up in the morning, that, that you're missing part of your arm now? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's actually hard to explain. They call it phantom pain, and it's like language. Yeah, it's all right. 
Uh, wow, that's I mean, that's tough. It's going to take a, a while for him to to realize that, yeah, it's not there anymore until he gets that prosthetic. Yeah, and it's very easy to say, well, if you don't want that to happen, don't run from the cops. But if you've got PTSD, you're already spooked to begin with, and then uh, you hear police dogs uh, coming at, at you. I wasn't running from the cops. Right. If you remember, I did in the beginning of the story. My mom fell, right, and then everyone chased me down from the apartment complex. It was grown men, and it wasn't police. Right, I was in the woods before the police were even called. Mm, man alive! Well, listen, bud, uh, you got uh, you got a hell of a story to tell your kids one day for sure. We're glad that you're alive. A lot of people going up against a ten foot gator. I know me. I would have probably just pulled out a pocket knife and stabbed myself repeatedly until I bled to death, rather than fight a gator off for my arm. Uh, but you're a survivor, dude, and I appreciate you telling your story. Thank you for giving us this opportunity, and uh, and and thank you. I appreciate it, Jesse. Uh, God bless you all for letting me get the real story out because how am I supposed to get a, 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 enough money on my GoFundMe if they're calling me a criminal and this and that on the news and, and changing the story and make it seem like I was running because I committed a murder or something? Right. Yeah, well, I'll tweet out. I'll, yeah, I'll tweet out your story from my uh, from my Twitter. I've got like 60, 61,000 people who follow me. So hopefully, we'll uh, get you some money for that prosthetic arm, man. Awesome. Yeah. You are the best, man. Well, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it, and uh, and uh, stay safe, will you? God bless. I hope everybody in Tampa Bay stays safe. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Jesse. Wow, man. So you know, with uh, Memorial Day approaching, yeah, it just kind of points out how we need to do a better job of taking care of our veterans. That it, well, I don't, I don't know that he had PTSD from uh, oh, is that a home invasion? Yeah, I thought oh. the same thing. Well, I'll he's take, right, I take all right. of that. Back. He's but, right. He's but, right. But definitely take care of our <laughs> yes, veterans. Yes, yes. Go knows. But but I thought the same thing until I realized that I think he had uh, the the PTSD. Oh, from, uh, oh, I mean. Man. Why did, why did they put the gator down? That's like the story. I don't know. what is it in Malaysia? What country where a guy wanted to commit suicide, jumped in with two lions, yep. and then they killed the lions. And I think the, I don't know if the guy's you, you, alive. You have or, to because those lions, they just won't be right anymore. Well, it's I hate when stuff like that happens. Lions were being lions. Just like Jesse said, if somebody came into my house and invaded me, I would probably try to bite their arm off as well. You know, you just can't do it, man. These gators, it's not like they're going to get a taste for human flesh and then go start knocking on doors to try to eat people. <laughs> yeah. By the way, speaking of gators, did you see that they identified species of Nile crocodiles down in oh, Miami? Oh, they're here, buddy. Nile crocodiles. Yeah. No. They caught like, th- what, three of them? Three in That's the past couple they, of years. That was they, they were able to catch. Right. How big are Nile crocodiles? Dude, the <laughs> biggest, like the 17 oh. feet, like the biggest it's of the crocs. The, oh, that's the biggest. You thing got the Nile seen. crocs, and then you have the Australian saltwater crocs. The biggest damn crocs you're ever going to see. And they will get. Yeah. They will knock on your door. Right. These are aggressive. <laughs> gators li- will wait. They're dinosaurs, aren't they? They are dinosaurs. They're living okay. dinosaurs. Yeah. And, and gators will wait until you jump in the water with them. Crocodiles will go seek you out. Like, hey, just wondering if you have any kids in the house. And that's why crocodile shoes look better than alligator shoes. Damn straight. It's the risk involved. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. To Jesse and uh, Nikki, great job. Thank you. Hello, here we go again. This is the Drew Garabo live hit and track of the day. Don't tell any of your stupid friends. Shh. In the studio with us right now, Stevie Y himself, Steve Eiserman, to promote the 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk. See, you are nervous. I am indeed. I didn't think I would be, but we pretty much got the Michael Jordan of hockey in here with us. Is it okay if we call you Stevie Y? 
Uh, yeah, I'm uh, in management now, so I I prefer Steve, but we can do Steve. Yeah, Steve. Oh, geez, good job. Just, like, for, just like Steve. old times. <laughs> <laughs> now, Steve's here to promote the 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk. It's going to be tomorrow at Raymond James Stadium. You can still sign up, tampabayheartwalk.org. Activities begin at 8. Walk begins at 9. Danielle will have breakfast cooked for everyone at 7.30, so make sure you so, show up early for that. Danielle is going to do the uh, heart walk. And, man, thank you so much for being here, Steve. Oh, we appreciate it. My pleasure. Enjoy it. No uh, problem. Mr. Eisman, if you were doing if the season was happening right now would you still be doing all this promotion for the heart walk or do you have some free time on your hands uh have more time than than <laughs> normal obviously but depending on the schedule uh yeah we'd probably whether it was today or another day uh, uh make arrangements to get out and, and promote the heart walk when when the lightning got involved we set a goal to have the biggest heart walk ever the most walkers raise the most money and we're on target to do that so uh you guys having us here on air helping to promote it trying to encourage anybody last minute if they want to come out tomorrow uh, there's there's more than enough room to accommodate you. Awesome. Get out there as the activities begin at 8, and if you raise a minimum of 100 bucks, you get a HeartWalk t-shirt. You can participate by joining or starting a company team or by collecting donations as an individual or a family. It's a great cause, and we want everybody to show up. Now, I was doing my research on you, Steve, and I'll be honest with you. I am not much of a hockey guy. I know I have my Bolts t-shirt on, uh, but I'm a basketball guy first and foremost, but you are a legend, and uh, in reading about you, I saw that your first year when you were drafted, you went to a minor league hockey franchise. Is that correct? Uh, when I was drafted, actually, by the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, no, I, as an 18-year-old, out of I was playing uh, in, in, in Ontario and in Canada and was able to, surprisingly to myself, made the team in Detroit. Uh, they were a rebuilding team. Uh, they had a lot of jobs open, and I was able to, to stick with the team as an 18-year-old and stayed with them throughout my career. What was attractive about Tampa Bay when you decided to come here? Uh, Stamkos, St. Louis, uh, Le Cavalier, you know, they had a, a good nucleus of players. Um, uh, Jeff Finnick, an outstanding, uh, you know, a new owner to the league. My meetings with him were, I came away really impressed and, and I thought, Hey, this is a good opportunity. I really wanted to be a general manager in this league, run an organization. Uh, I, I thought there was a lot of things in place that made it very attractive here. Were you surprised by the amount of passion and knowledge that the Tampa Bay hockey fans seem to have for the Lightning? I mean, we are in Florida after all. Yeah, you know, I played uh, in Tampa as a player uh, coming in with the Red Wings, and the building was always, you know, I played in all three different buildings that the Lightning played in, at the fairgrounds, at the uh, uh, at the Trop, and then, uh, you know, uh, once or twice at the Forum. The building was always full, so, you know, it kind of has a, a nice following what, what I've really appreciated in in the two years, the two seasons that I've been here, is is the passion that our that our fans. We have a good core and good nucleus of, of season ticket holders, people who follow the team, and you know you go to a game, people know what they're watching, they know what they want, uh, they know when a, a game is played well, when a team is playing poorly. So, you know, it's a good community. You got, uh, I believe the game is is you know it attracts fans if people come out and see it and wa- watch. It's an entertaining product. People will like the game. Even you know, uh, people from Florida who didn't grow up around the game will, will will be drawn to it because it is an exciting thing to watch. What about the people that just want to see the fights? Are you okay with them? You know, you get them out there, then they actually turn into hockey fans. Yeah, I, you know, unfortunately, our sport, you know, uh, has you know, there's they allow fighting in the game, and you do see it, and it's promoted, and uh, uh, it does bring people out of their seats. Uh, it's being phased out, really. Just evolution of the the sport is changing. There isn't as much. We we uh, as an organization, the way we're built or the way I'm building a team, the teams that I played on didn't have. You know, it wasn't built around uh, intimidation or for. I'm looking for more skill, uh, uh, speed, um, intelligence, and competitiveness. But 
it's it happens and it happens in any other sports occasionally even sure. they, they don't allow fighting but you know sports and and competition brings out uh uh you know you, you every now and then a guy loses it for whatever reason and that happens in all sports but i think it's uh it's a misconception that that is, it's a big part of the game. It's a very small part of it. We've got Steve Eiserman in the studio with us promoting the 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk. Uh, Steve, what do you think about Tampa Bay as a sports town overall? A lot of people like to knock the Buccaneers because they don't sell out all their games, and they like to knock the Rays because they're not selling out every single night. Uh, when you, I mean, you've been in Detroit, you've been in major sports towns. What do you think about Tampa Bay overall as a sports city? Well, uh, to, with you have uh, all the sports here plus college sports. Yeah. Um, and great weather that people are very active. Like uh, it's one thing that I notice is how active whether people are out biking, uh, running, or out on the water paddling, whatnot. People are always doing something. So whether they're watching or doing their own thing, you got a lot of competition. So right. it's difficult for uh, for people. And really, I, I um, you know, you mentioned teams not selling out. Well, economy has a lot to do with that. In Florida, you know, I I played in Det- Detroit, and at the end of my career was in. Uh, the economy hit Michigan hard as well. You know, the downturn in the economy, that has an effect. I, this is a great sports area, Florida in general. I mean, you you know, it's not just football and baseball, but all sports, they follow it. So uh, this is a good community, but we have a lot of competition. All the teams have competition. We have to have a good product, and we have to run a good business. Yeah, and it's not like they're just competing with each other. They're competing with the great weather outside, with the amount of entertainment there is, with Bush Gardens up the road. you got so many options that uh, it's not just hockey versus baseball versus football. It's hockey versus everything else in the world. Exactly. Uh, we've got Steve Eiserman promoting the 2012 uh, Tampa Bay Heart Walk. All right, here's a question I thought of last night. Steve, who doesn't like Steve Eiserman? Canada loves Steve Eiserman, Detroit Red Wings fans love Steve Eiserman, Tampa Bay fans love Steve Eiserman. Who does not like Steve Eiserman? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, there's days my wife's not a real fan <laughs> of me. Um, uh, I think you'd find a few people in Colorado that uh, right. uh, aren't big fans of anybody associated with the Red Wings. But, okay. you know, I, I'm, my goal is five years from now, ten years from now, the people in Tampa Bay still like Steve Eiserman. I've got a job to do and certain goals that I want to accomplish uh, uh, here, and I'm hoping we can do that. And uh, I believe with the, the, the people that uh, I have around me and the organization that, that we'll be able to accomplish those goals. Now, as a player, Steve, I'm sure you would, uh, before a game and, d- and during a game, you get that adrenaline that you're out on the ice, you know, you're in it. Do you still get anything even close to that? Like when you sign somebody or when something really cool happens at work, is it at all similar, the endorphins running through your body, or is it just a completely separate thing? Uh, no, it's very similar. Like, uh, again, I, I enjoy being... Uh, staying in the game uh, because the wins and losses matter. Now, you know, as a manager, you know, obviously you're not out on the ice experiencing the same thing as a player, but wins are wins and losses really matter. Uh, you do get competitive, even even whether it's making a trade or or signing a contract. That's the one part. Yeah, you don't necessarily try to win in that. You know, you try to make a deal. That's one thing that's a change, and we do get competitive and. You know, you're, you're like just negotiating a contract, for example, thinking you're trying to win everything, thinking you're trying to win every trade. You're never going to end up getting deals done. You have to be fair, and ideally everybody wins, and that's how you're, I think you become successful as a manager. But sitting there watching your team play, wins and losses, absolutely, it's the same. You have that same feeling as a player. Are you cool. on edge the whole time you're watching the Lightning player? Can you sit down and enjoy them, or is it tough for you to do that? It uh, depends on the situation, you know, the, the uh, importance of the game. Well, you know, obviously a game in the preseason you're watching differently than a game in the regular season, and game seven of the conference finals you're, is even different. But what I try to do, uh, I try to watch them objectively as as the manager of the team. You know, the players are out there 
making the biggest difference. The coach is behind the bench doing his thing, making his line changes, adjustments during the game. As a manager, I try to watch. I'm watching our players, uh, assessing our players, trying to figure out, you know, what do we need to do to be better as an organization? We're trying to watch the other team. What players do you like from them? Because it's really important to know players around the league. So you got a lot going on, but I try to look at it at the bigger picture more so than what's necessarily happening in the game. We've got Steve Eiserman in the studio from the Tampa Bay Lightning promoting the 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk. It is tomorrow at Raymond James Stadium. Get signed up at tampabayheartwalk.org. If you ever have insight for a player, do you go directly to that player or do you let the coaching staff handle all of that? For the most part, I leave it to the coaches. You know, they're they're the direct uh, link to the players. On occasion, just because I did play for a long time, I may once in a while pop in and see a player more. Not so much on uh, maybe things the team are doing, but uh, maybe individual, an individual skill or a thing that I see a player that maybe I've got something that I can offer to him uh, that may help. Uh, but generally, er- everything really works through the coach. You know, I, t- I talk directly to him. I stay out of the locker room. Yeah, it's between you know the coaches and the oh, yeah. players. That's their domain. Uh, I go down to the coaches' offices down there, but. Again, I'll try and help the players out occasionally on something on a on a little skill, but um, I leave it really to the coaching staff. Not a Mark Cuban kind of guy where you feel like you need to have your hands on every little decision that they make. Yeah, <laughs> try not to be. <laughs> right. you know, it's hard. You get passionate about it, and you love your team and your players, and you want you want to be involved. But I just my management style is you know hire the best people and and let them do their thing, giving them what they need to be successful and try and stay out of their way. Right. You got a second to hang out with us for another break? I'm fine. All right. 877-327-9797. We don't normally take questions because we don't trust our listeners that much. However, (laughs) in this instance, we know we have a lot of Lightning fans and we know they probably have some questions for you, Steve. So we do have some great prizes, a 12-month gold membership to Xbox Live. Wait, we're going to give those away if people get a chance to talk to Steve Eiserman? You you think that's a prize enough that they get to speak to Steve I really do. I think it is. I would say so. All right, Seven seven three two seven ninety seven ninety seven. You get absolutely nothing but the privilege of speaking with Stevie Y. We were just talking to Steve Eiserman about you two, and uh, you got to meet Bono when you were up in Detroit. Yeah, a couple of years ago, a friend, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, uh, his son's friend, uh, father was the uh, head of his security team or something. And we were able to before the show get a chance to spend a couple minutes with him and talk to him, ask him a few questions, and Man. pictures. Yeah, very exciting. And you said you hung out in a bar one time with Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. I, um, actually, it was in Vancouver. Uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie Vedder was friends with Chris Chelios, a teammate of mine in Detroit, and he came up to spend some time with Chris, so we got a chance uh, just to sit with him in a, a hotel lounge and <laughs> he and his wife and and talk, you know, just sit and talk. He was very uh, very down to earth. Wow. And, uh, it was a great evening for us. And I bet he tells people that he got to meet Steve Eiserman too. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Steve Eiserman from the Lightning in with us. The 2012 Tampa Bay Heart Walk is tomorrow at Raymond James Stadium. You can still sign up, tampabayheartwalk.org. Uh, show up at 8. The walk begins at 9. No fee to walk, but raise some money. And if you raise 100 bucks, you're eligible for a Heart Walk t-shirt. Uh, you want to take some phone calls from our wonderful listener, Seth? All right, let's take a chance. 877-327-9797. Hey, Jason, what's happening? Welcome to The Morning Asks, featuring our special guest, Steve Eiserman. How you guys doing today? What up, Jay? Hey, question for Steve. What was the hardest decision that you ever had to make in your professional career having to do with your personal life? Did you have to say no to something and say yes to your per, uh, professional career? And do you ever think back on it and wonder how your life would be different today? Yeah, well, really, the only the biggest change for me was leaving the Red Wings to come to to Tampa Bay. That was the toughest decision I had to make. I've been in Detroit uh, since the age of eighteen, 
and uh, been in the organization a long time. My kids were born uh, in, in Detroit, so it was a major a major career move for me and uh, uh, a decision I, I spent a lot of time thinking about. Uh, but I look back and I've, I've really enjoyed the change. Uh, I enjoy the challenge. I like being here in Florida. And uh, it, it's, you know, another step in uh, uh, another phase of my life, which I've really enjoyed. And I'm, I'm glad I've made the decision. Good question, Jason. Thank you, man. Hey, not funny, guys. Have a great day. You do the very same Your thing. Your are deep. Uh, not usually. You bring the best in them. I thought they were going to ask me what my favorite song was. <laughs> It'll happen. Trust me. They'll ask about their underpants probably, too. What is it, by the way? What's your favorite song? What is song? your favorite song, Steve? Just so we know. Those are the questions Stairway we Stairway to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, what's up, man? Welcome to the Morning X with Steve Eiserman. Hey, thank you. Good morning, guys. What's up, Michael? Steve, I, I grew up a huge Blackhawks fan, so I was never able to really watch you, but always respected you as a leader. With that, you were probably the youngest captain in NHL history at 19. What was the biggest responsibility you had with that, and how did you kind of bring in the veterans to want to, you know, listen to what you had to say over what they wanted to do? Uh, you know, we had a great group of veterans when I was named captain. Actually, I think I was 21 when I was named the captain in Detroit. But really, I just deferred to the older guys. They controlled the uh, the uh, atmosphere in the locker room, kind of the attitude of the team. For me, I, I really I kept my mouth shut. I went out and I tried <laughs> to work hard and practice and 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 lead by example, so to speak. But anytime there was an issue or whatnot, again, it was the veteran players that I really deferred to. You know, here I am, 21. We had guys anywhere from from the age of 19 to, to 40 on that team. And I'm not in a position as a 21-year-old, even though I'm the captain, to really be dictating to, to the veteran guys that are fathers of children and families and have been in the league a lot longer than me. So fortunately, they were good guys, and you know they respected the fact that I was a captain, but they dictated the attitude and led our team. Great question, man. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Take oh, care, guys. That was good. I'm impressed with our listeners. Where are all these intelligent listeners every other day of the week? Nowhere. <laughs> are they hiding out? Did they somehow find out on a message board that Steve was going to be here? Uh, 877-327-9797. What's up, Hunter? Well, yes, Seth, go oh, ahead. Danielle was saying going, going to live five. five. is a good oh, line. Hunter. Hang on, Hunter. That's not you. Uh, hold on one second. We got Richard. Richard, what's up? Welcome to the Morning X with Steve Eiserman. Hey, good morning, guys. Got, got a uh, Steve Eiserman. Um, Quick question, how do you feel about players playing over in Europe during a lockout? Are you really concerned about them risking a, a very vital injury? I certainly hope that that doesn't happen. I guess, uh, you know, I have mixed emotions about it or mixed feelings about it. Uh, one, you know, I, I want, you know, we want our guy. I'm hopeful that this lockout ends and ends sooner than later and we get our players back. I want them to be in the best shape they possibly can be. I think there's pros and cons to them playing over in Europe. Uh, injury is a concern, but I always, and my approach, even when I played was, you know, I'm going to kind of try and do the things that I want to do, regardless of whether it's on the ice or off the ice. I want to enjoy, uh, my life and I don't, not worried about getting hurt doing it. So, um, you know, the, we got guys here in Tampa that are skating out in Brandon. I know uh, Marty and Vinny and some of the guys that have chosen not to go to Europe to play. Uh, they're out there skating and practicing. The guys in Europe, I think we have four of them there right now. I hold my breath, uh, uh, but I, I can't worry about it. Um, you know, I really have no control over the situation. So I hope they stay healthy. Uh, the positive is they're playing hockey. They're in, they're in, in, in good shape, and, and we'll get them back. But we are seeing... Players, every day I'm hearing another report of a player who's coming back with some sort of injury or not. So. Got you, man. Great. Appreciate the call, Richard. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I guess he wasn't happy with the answer. I guess he was. I don't know what he was looking I don't for. Think there. I really answered it. Didn't get. Uh, man, well, we really appreciate you being here, Steve. Again, everybody show up for the Heart Walk tomorrow. Tampa Bay Heartwalk.org. It is tomorrow. The activities begin at 8. The walk starts at 9. I know, Danielle, you're going to be out there. I am. And it's my first one. I'm very excited. Did you raise $100 so you can get a t shirt? I don't know. I'm going to put it back up on, on our Facebook fan page at uh, facebook.com slash the morning X. I'm going to donate. Forty-seven dollars to your cause, Danielle. Look at Steve Eiserman and tell him, because then I know for sure you'll well, do Steve, it. Steve, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give her the forty-seven dollars right after the show. I, I'll, I'll, how about fifty? I'll give you fifty. Okay, good. All I right. knew it would raise it by three bucks. I will match that fifty dollars, and you have a hundred dollars right now. And I'm gonna have a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Whatever it takes. That's I don't know what you guys got planned tomorrow, but uh, if you're not busy early in the morning, we'd love to have you come out and join us. I think I probably will. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, why, how can you say no to Steve Eiserman for crying out loud? <laughs> I mean, what a week, dude. We had Magic Johnson on the phone earlier, and we've got Steve Eiserman in the studio now. Yeah. That's unbelievable. We'll have thirty. 30,000 people out there tomorrow. A lot of them, you're uh, avid fans. Oh, boy. Don't scare us into staying at home, Steve. (laughs) To to mingle with some of of your faithful followers. We look forward to it, man. We really, really appreciate you being here. Everybody show up. It's a great cause. TampaBayHeartWalk.org. Sounds like a wonderful event. Go help Danielle raise some money, and uh, we'll see you out there. Steve, again, thank you so much for your time. Great job on what you're doing with the Lightning Man, and congratulations on a stellar career. Uh, Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.